0: Hey everyone, it's great to be with you all today. If we haven't met, my name's Jacinta and I'm one of the pastors here at HTVB. This coming week, we start our next term of Alpha, and you would have seen earlier on Kaivan's testimony. And if you haven't done Alpha yet, we start this Wednesday if you want to just come and check it out. Today, I'm going to be preaching from the Gospel of Mark. Let's read together from chapter 5, verses 21 to 34. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you can ask, who touched you? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, "'Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering.'" I'm not really a movie person, but recently, Abel and I watched this amazing movie called Hidden Figures. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend it. It's uh, based in the 1960s and centered around three African-American women who worked behind the scenes in the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, or NASA for short. In this movie, we watch how these women fight against all odds at their workplace. Now... Remember that this was the 1960s, the height of racial segregation and the American civil rights movement, and yet each of these women persevered despite their circumstances and became NASA's first female African-American engineer, first African-American supervisor, and ultimately became part of the team that launched the astronaut John Glenn into orbit. Now, this was a breakthrough achievement, as you can imagine, and it paved the way to later on sending astronauts to the moon. Closer to home, when the first batch of vaccines arrived in Malaysia about four months ago in February, it felt like a major breakthrough. You know, we had been waiting for almost a year, and finally, it felt like there was light at the end of the tunnel. For many of us, 2021 has felt A little peculiarly, very much like 2020, a season of waiting. Maybe you're in a season of waiting right now. Maybe you're waiting for a job offer, a life partner, healing, a relationship to mend, a child you've been trying to conceive, Liverpool to win the next Premier League, or maybe for the next PM's announcement. Whatever it is you're waiting for. If you are hoping for a breakthrough, why don't you type breakthrough in the chat? As I was reading this passage, I was struck by verse 28 when this woman said, If I just touch Jesus' clothes, I will be healed. In the original language, this word touched refers not just to a light touch or a light brush, but to a determined grip. By touching the hem of Jesus' clothes, she was essentially taking hold of a healing of twelve Yes, We believe that Jesus comes to bring breakthrough and He wants to give us breakthrough in our lives so that we wouldn't be held back, but we would have all the love and life that He has for us. So this is a gift, but this is done by Him and all we need to do is to receive it and to take hold of it. Like a gift, it is given. We don't earn it, but we do have to receive it. And so today's message is called, How to Take Hold of Your Breakthrough. And if you resonated with anything in the list I mentioned earlier, or you're hoping for a breakthrough in another area of your life, this message is for you. We are believing for a breakthrough with you. Or if this is not you right now, we all know people who may need a breakthrough. So maybe this is to help you help someone else. I believe that the Lord wants to speak to you today as well. So listen on, this story from Jesus' ministry is a really good one. There are three things I think we can learn from this passage. The first thing to do when taking hold of your breakthrough is to put yourself in the presence of God. In this passage, we see a lot going on, but the two main characters apart from Jesus are Jairus, a synagogue leader whose daughter is dying, and a woman with a chronic illness of bleeding that has lasted for 12 years and they couldn't be more different. Here's a synagogue leader well respected in the community. Then there's a woman who's an outcast in society. Here's Jairus who has a name but the woman is unnamed. Jairus was probably wealthy because of his stature in society. The woman was probably poor as it says she had spent all she had. Jairus had 12 years of the gift of his daughter. This woman had 12 years of suffering from an illness. Jairus came publicly in full view of everyone gathered. The woman came privately, hidden from the crowd. But the one thing that the both of them needed was a touch from Jesus. To do that, they put themselves in the presence of God. Verse 22 tells us, Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. Jairus had faith in the power of the touch, and not only that, the power of a touch from Jesus Did you know that physical touch is so fundamental to us? It's the first sense that's developed in the womb as early as three weeks. There was a study coined the touch test that was done at the start of 2020, right before the pandemic broke out and over 40,000 people took part in this online study. They found that if you had a positive attitude towards physical touch, you'll probably have a higher level of well-being, a lower level of loneliness and a lower level of stress. This past year, many of us have missed being able to give our loved ones a hug. We've gone a year and a half without hugs, but can you imagine if this went on for 12 years? According to Jewish law at the time, because this woman was bleeding, she would be considered ceremonially unclean. If she touched anyone, she would make them unclean. And so by the very law of her people, she couldn't touch her family. She couldn't give her husband or her children a kiss or a hug. She couldn't even sit at the same sofa as anyone, couldn't attend worship services. Her family may even have left her. At this point in the passage, she's not been touched for 12 years. Neither has she touched anyone for 12 years. But in verse 28, she says, If I just touch his clothes... I will be healed. Now, the Greek word here for healed is sozo, which means so much more than just physical healing. It means wholeness, full restoration in your body, in your mind, in your spirit. And that's huge. Now, given her background and how she hadn't touched anyone in years, how did she even think to touch Jesus? Well, this unnamed woman must have heard about Jesus and the miracles he had done. And it says in Romans that faith comes by hearing. So what she heard led her to have a bit of faith. And it was her faith that positioned her for healing. You know, Jairus was of a high position, while this woman, a low position. But it's been said that the ground at the foot of the cross is level. And it was a desperation and a faith that led the both of them to Jesus' feet this woman had faith that the trajectory of her life could change with a touch from Jesus. She knew that your company changes your condition, and so she put herself in the presence of God. You may be wondering, well, how do I do that? How do I position myself in the presence of God for sozo restoration in my life? Well, it's really simple. You can start by talking to God in prayer, inviting Jesus into your life. You can do it through reading scripture, using an app like the Bible in One Year or Lectio 365. You can play worship music in your home and worship Him as you go about your day. You can do it by simply softening your heart and having a posture of openness that God can bring breakthrough into your life. My favorite scene in the Hayden Figures film is this one of Mary Jackson in court. She had her eyes set on becoming an engineer. But the problem was, engineering classes were only being offered at a school where African Americans weren't allowed. She petitioned to argue her case in court. Now let's watch this scene together while I read out parts of the dialogue. Mary says, Your Honor, out of all people, you of all people should understand the importance of being first. You were the first in the family to serve in the US Armed Forces, to attend university. I plan on being an engineer at NASA, but I can't do that without taking them classes at that all-white high school. And I can't change the color of my skin. So I have no choice but to be the first, which I can't do without you, Your Honor. So out of all the cases you're gonna hear today, which one is going to matter 100 years from now? Which is going to make you the first? And after a long pause, The court judge said, only the night classes. Just as Mary Jackson pursued a court judgment because of the promise of future progression, this woman put herself in God's presence because of the promise of future healing. Just as Mary put herself in the law courts to get her breakthrough, we put ourselves in the heavenly courts through praise to receive ours. The second way to take hold of your breakthrough is to pack your mind with the promises of God. A linguist with Wycliffe Bible Translators said that in 20 of the world's most primitive languages, the word for belief is the same word for do. Now, this is really interesting because it tells us that since thousands of years ago, our thoughts make up our actions, which in many ways make up who we are. I heard a story about a man who built a plane the year before the Wright brothers made their historic flight, but the plane sat in his barn for a year because he was afraid to fly it. Maybe because it had never been done before, or maybe because he expected it to fail. But after the news reached him about Orville and Wilbur Wright's successful flight, the man picked up the courage and flew his plane this man needed the promise of potential success to pick up the courage to persevere with his plane. We are who we think we are. And if in the first point we saw how this woman hurt and then touched, well, she touched because she first thought a thought. Now, let's go back to the passage. In verses 27 and 28, she says, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. What if the biggest battle between you and your breakthrough is fought in your mind? The first step to this woman taking hold of her breakthrough was to reframe her past and to preframe her future what do I mean by this? Here was a woman who had been so ostracized from her community that she didn't dare approach Jesus publicly. She had to do it privately. She was labeled by her illness. I mean, that's how she's been introduced in the text. And yet, that didn't stop her from thinking, what if I didn't have to live with this illness anymore? What if a touch from Jesus could change my life forever? Instead of, it's been 12 years of this illness, it will remain for the rest of my life. She thought, in one moment, my entire future can be changed. Instead of, if I touch him, I will make him unclean. She thought, if I touch him, he will make me clean. What if a touch from Jesus can change your life? The trajectory of her life changed with a touch but also the trajectory of her life changed with a thought. In Romans 12 verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can be transformed by the renewing of your mind, especially if, like me, you struggle with anxiety or negative thought patterns. God wants to help you break out of the cycles of negative thoughts. How does he do that? Neuroscientist Dr Caroline Lee says that our brains are constantly being rewired through neural pathways based on our thoughts, our feelings and experiences. And we can choose to think certain thoughts that rewire the brain and create neural pathways in a certain direction. In fact, Dr. Lee found that prayer changes the brain. She says that 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week period can change the brain so much that it can be measured in a brain scan. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And today, you can move in the direction of breakthrough. You can choose to pack your mind with the promises of God, promises that He is for you and not against you, promises that He is interceding for you, that His plans for you are to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future, that whatever suffering we're going through is intended to bring about perseverance and character and hope. Packing your minds with the promises of God through praise and prayer will move your life in a positive direction. Now, some of you may not be convinced that a single encounter with Jesus can change your life, especially if you've been praying and patiently waiting for breakthrough to come for years. If that's you, the encouragement is that God sees you and He's with you. You see, even after the woman had touched Jesus' clothes quietly, in verse 30, it says, At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? And here, ladies and gentlemen, is the first instance of contact tracing. Jesus is God and He knows everything. And yet, in the midst of the chaos and the hurry to get to Jairus' house, He paused to look for her. His purpose, it looked like, was to get to Jairus' house on time. And yet he stops so that an unseen, unnamed woman could be seen and given a new name. This leads me to the third point. To take hold of your breakthrough, push into the purpose that God has for you. Don't give up. He has good plans for you. For this woman, the healing from her bleeding became her purpose. The passage tells us that she had spent all she had seeing doctors to try to get well. And yet, despite her efforts, she remained unwell and unnamed. And as I was reading this passage, I wondered, why did Jesus keep looking around for her? It says in verse 32, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Is it because she embarrassed him? by touching him, or because she stole his power, or because he wanted to scold her for making him late to Jairus' house. I think it's because Jesus wanted to give her a new identity. You see, even though she felt in her body that she had been healed, no one else would have known unless it was publicly declared. And so that's what Jesus did. The crowd wouldn't have believed her if she suddenly stood up and said, Hey everyone, I'm healed. Jesus made this public announcement so that not only could she be healed physically, but she could also be drawn into community. You see, when you are blessed, it's never just for you. But more than that, Jesus gave her a new name. He said to her, "'Daughter, your faith has healed you. "'Go in peace and be freed from your suffering.' Nowhere else in the Gospels does Jesus call anyone daughter. Her purpose was to fix her physical healing. But here Jesus says, your purpose is now to be free from suffering. Isn't that amazing? Jesus' purpose for us is not to stay in our suffering, but to walk in the sozo restoration, the eternal life that God has for us. Does this mean that her life was perfect after this encounter with Jesus? No, but what it does mean is that her identity had now been reshaped from being an unnamed woman to being called daughter, from being ceremonially unclean to being healed. I've been married to Abel for seven years now, and we've always known that our personalities are quite different. In fact, on nearly every personality test, we are opposites. To give you a picture of how different we are, if we were in The Lord of the Rings, I would be Frodo Baggins and Abel, the warrior Boromir. In Star Wars, I would be Luke Skywalker and Abel, Darth Vader. Our personality difference has meant that often our disagreements happen when my F, the feeling side of my personality, clash with Abel's T, his logical thinking. In my journey of taking hold of my own breakthrough in my thought life, I tell myself that I could either revert to my type, the you know the idealistic last-minute feeler types my personality type is known for, or to push into the promise that God has for me that sometimes calls me to be the opposite of my type so that I can be the best wife, mom, daughter, colleague, and friend to the people in my life. And so if you're here today and you're still waiting for your breakthrough, God's got more for you. This woman was hoping for healing, but she was then called daughter. You see, every breakthrough we have in our life is temporary, but Jesus broke into her life through her layers of shame and suffering and gave her eternal life. This Sozo restoration is for forever and helps us to live now for eternity. God designed you with a purpose in mind to live for Him and the people around us. He doesn't waste the weight. So why don't we pray and take hold of a breakthrough today? Amen? Let's just take a moment now and invite the Holy Spirit to fill us, to to touch us so that we can encounter Him afresh. Come Holy Spirit.